Welcome, 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 and welcome to the adventure of an entrepreneur, the podcast that dives deep into the world of entrepreneurship. We're going to be hearing the stories from entrepreneurs from all over the world in different industries. They're going to be sharing with us the stories of how they face setbacks, walked through fire, climbed mountains to reach success. I'm your host, Shri Mahabir. Where we are going to be diving into how you can start your business even with zero dollars. For some of us, it feels like you need all this money to start a business. I just want to put it out there. There is a difference between what you need to start a business, start up a business, the dollar amount, and the amount of money that you need to be able, if you go full time, to make sure you can survive that year. So my guest, she only had $20 in her pockets, Wi-Fi, and made sure she made strategic relationships with fellow women in business. She is an online startup expert proud founder of BoldFi, and she helps you launch and grow your business online. And it is an honor to have her. We are having Champagne Graves. Thank you so much for joining tonight. Awesome. Thank you. I was grooving out to the to the waiting room music. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I try my hardest to make it all fun for you, not just myself, but the, the viewers. And yeah. we have the lovely Sarah. She is from Miami. Guys, if you're not following her, she's also a video coach and she will give you tips how to use your phone. She used to be in on the news and media, so she knows what she's talking about. And then just, yes, we all love a good bootstrapping story. And then we have Robert Berry, who's here. I mean, today my uh, my comments aren't working properly, but we're going to get into this story. We're here to learn about bootstrapping. Okay. So before you were doing what you are doing today, helping entrepreneurs be able to create a business from starting with $0 or 20, what were you doing? Well, honestly, I was a recent college graduate. I graduated from the University of Houston with a degree in kinesiology, which is all the way over there from where I am today. And so I found myself in a position where I was being undervalued, underpaid, and I was just feeling really stuck. And it was actually after the passing of my best friend at the age of 24, that I really just kind of came to almost a a midlife crisis in that I was just like, okay, what are you doing with your life? It's obvious that life is so very short. How are you going to make sure that you live a life that you're proud of? And so one of the things that me and my best friend shared a passion for is the dream of entrepreneurship. And so even though I didn't have the education, I didn't really have an idea for a business. I just I just hopped out there and I used my kinesiology background to start my first business. And I sunk about $30,000 into that business. It was money well spent looking back on it and that it really taught me the first beginnings of entrepreneurship. But obviously that left me pretty broke and I only had $20 left 
for my second business, which is Boldify. So I had to get really, really creative about how I was going to build that business. And it took completely different strategy from what I started off with and what I really was kind of taught in the beginning of what a successful business looks like. When you were younger, like, you know, for anybody who's watching, I would love to know if one, have you spent 30 grand and there's no, or even more, like just drop a heart. Like there's no, there is no judgment, nothing, because I've spent that much too. Looking back at investing in myself, we need to, to level up. We're not going to get that just by just looking and, and free stuff is great, but you really do level up when you put some skin in the game. But when you were younger, when you were a child, did you ever do those door to door going to selling for the little like, you know, what was it? Wrapping paper or popcorn or did you have a lemonade stand? Yeah. Um, so I did have a lemonade stand. It was actually a Kool-Aid stand. And then I made cookies on the side and things like that. And I had um, even been into marketing way back when because I'm a military brat and it was just a group of us, 10 kids. We had the Kool-Aid stand and we would stand by the barracks and um, get all of the privates to buy some Kool-Aid for us as they were going back and forth from their assignments. But they're out of the kids, they were different age ranges and we had a couple of babies, including my little brother. So I knew that people gave more money when we had the babies out. <clears throat> so I was always putting the babies out. I was ushering them in front, you know, and instead of the $1, I got, I would get $5, $20, you know, we, we, we were making bank in the summer times. <laughs> so I think that I really gravitated towards the marketing aspect of business always. Like that has always been my jam. <laughs> so anybody watching, if you have kids, try to incorporate them in your stories because kids do sell or they help to connect. I'm not saying it, <laughs> you were smart. You got the little ones out to give the little puppy dog face and it works. <laughs> and oh, so well, we trained them up good. <laughs> so we do have a question and that's from Robert. First one was what flavor of, you know, what's your favorite flavor of Kool-Aid? Well, we were Kool-Aid connoisseurs. So every day we brought out a new flavor, but uh, I think that I'm just your classic cherry girl. So I think that that one was probably one of our most popular and it was one of my favorites. And then he... <laughs> And then he does ask, you know, how did you get into the second business and how and why the pivot? Yeah. So I got into my second business because of the need that I had. Obviously, I only had $20 to my name. Again, I said that I had to get really creative. And for me, that meant asking for help. It was something that I hadn't done yet as an entrepreneur. And I was always kind of taught that you know business is a competitive kind of thing that you're doing and you're always looking over your shoulder and you know you can't let other people know what you're doing and they'll take your secrets and you know this really scarcity mindset is how i was used to operating and i really had to ask myself okay what if people aren't out to get me um what would life look like if i trusted 
another person with my dream. And so I just went forward in that kind of direction. And I actually was creating a marketing campaign for myself. And I wanted to feature real women in business um, that were really diverse and things like that. But as you know, that kind of thing costs a, a cute four figures. So um, at the low end. So I was able to actually partner up with a couple of students out of a local college here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And the the co-founder was a young lady and she really gravitated towards the vision that I was putting out into the world and my mission of supporting women in business. And we were just kind of a force to be reckoned with. And I was just really inspired by the connection I was able to make with her. And I really just carried that attitude forward. And I really put myself out there as someone who could be someone of value to someone else. And that always came back around to me. So really, more than anything, I pivoted from a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance before I really found the strategy behind creating these really strategic relationships. And I can get into the nitty gritty of the specific kind of relationships that I was able to foster. But in order to get those kinds of relationships in your network, you need to really, first of all, have a really great belief in self and the value that you bring to the table. But also you need to have a belief in others and that they're not out to get you and that people want to genuinely support you and they genuinely want to see you win. So I want to touch on that, the mindset. I mean, we just had mental health day and we have fourth quarter and this is like the time people are really trying to hit some goals mm -hmm. that they set out in January. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to mindset, that scarcity mindset is real. Like, especially, you know, for me, I'm a video marketing producer. I help people get on video, build visibility. But I'm also not afraid to give a shout out like I did to Sarah, because I understand that there is enough opportunity within our niche. She's good at what she does. I'm good at what we do, what I do. And you know what? I know somebody is not for me to, to send them over. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but what is one thing that we can do today that can we can start because I don't believe that in January 1st you should be starting on your you know your goals like this is what I'm going to start working on I believe you should start now because then it gets you in the momentum so what is one thing that helped you like what is that activity was it what is that to help you get past the scarcity mindset yeah so I would love to say, first of all, that I like the idea of starting now and not waiting into New Year's. I am actually working on my Black Friday campaign right now, and email marketing is how I really speak to my audience. And one of the subject lines is screw New Year's because I am totally about that. Start now, start implementing now so that when you are at the top of Q1 next year, you're just building on some momentum. But um, I would say that the thing that really helps me to get in an abundance mindset 
is really confronting my jealousy. And that may sound really complex, but it's a little bit more simple than that. It's just me being self-aware of when I'm doing activities, when I'm doing marketing activities and awareness activities for myself. You know, we're on LinkedIn right now. LinkedIn is an atmosphere where nobody's going to talk about being laid off. No one's going to be talking about, you know, not making any profits. No one's not going to talk, but they're not going to really show you the bad side of things. The same thing with most social media platforms. And so really it is an opportunity for us to kind of put out that authenticity Um, so I just really think more than anything, I try to reach out to people that I admire on those platforms. If they make me feel, wow, um, you know, if I feel either inspired or if I feel jealous, if I feel like, wow, this person has an opportunity that it seems like I can never get to. I really make it my business to reach out to that person and let them know how much I admire them. And I don't even ask things like, hey, how did you get where you're at? Because, you know, honestly, I feel like that's my work to do. But I just want to let them know, hey, I see you. I see what you're doing out into the world. And I I know that you used to be in a, in a situation probably similar to mine. And I want you to know wherever you're at, you're inspirational to me. And every time I've done something like that, I've always gotten a really heartfelt reply back. And funny enough, that has happened to me as I've continued on in in entrepreneurship. And so I just really try to be very genuine. and, um, And I think that that really just gives me inspiration to continue to go forward in that abundance mindset of just feeling like, you know, that collaboration, that togetherness is so much stronger than, you know, the cattiness, the hate, the, the idea that we have to fight against each other and that there's not enough. So I just want to make sure, did you say that you don't see posts about getting laid off or you don't see? Well, we do see posts about getting laid off on LinkedIn, (laughs) but that is the that is the most professional I got laid off post ever. Because if you see a laid off post on Facebook, that's a completely it's different, a different yeah it's a completely different side of things. You know they're, they're wearing the dirty laundry on Facebook and Instagram stories and stuff like that. But on LinkedIn, oh, I very much appreciate my time at XYZ Company, and you know well, I can do a layoff post. Yeah. It's very, very buttoned up. Like the layoff posts are very buttoned up. You know, you're not allowed to really show true emotion about that very life-changing event. You know, you kind of have to sanitize everything. But why? I don't see. And see, that's the question I have. Like, why do we do that? Is it because we're trying not to show a, a true emotion? like? my layoff post it showed emotion mm-hmm. I didn't honestly me personally talking nonsense about somebody is not going to change the situation mm-hmm. but it did make me feel sad it sucked it's because you I got laid off because I decided to share my voice 
Mm -hmm. to start a business. And it was totally not what they're doing. But I understand there's like all this red tape. And I understand for others, they need to find another job. But I just am putting it out there. I'm like, if you're watching the live right now, if you're watching the replay, share, you know, why are we being so buttoned up mm-hmm. when we can say, you know what, this experience sucks. Mm-hmm. I can't pay my bills now. And I got to figure this out. Yeah. And, you know, um, I was on a panel recently and there was a woman there that I had been watching in my industry. And I knew that she had 20 plus years of experience, which is something that I find myself being kind of jealous about because I am still a baby in business, so to speak. And so I was very surprised when I heard her on the panel talking about her financial problems and how her sales goals weren't reflective of, you know, the aspirations that she is used to having, the goals that she's used to hitting. And I just was so in awe that she was so authentic and she was so transparent And I'm like, this lady costs tens of thousands of dollars. And I just, I'm like, I can't wait to get my coins together so I can, I am, (laughs) I can invest in her because I know and I like her and I trust her so much more now. And for me, that's what matters when it comes to investing for my business. I know a lot of people are attracted to those folks that have the big shiny story and I, and I never struggled and it never went wrong for me but that's not who I am attracted to. I really want to hear the authentic story. I want to hear about the nitty gritty. I am all about it. The, you know, I have posted about the paying off the debt and everything and Cass, he it does social media marketing and teaches others, works with others, does video too. Being open and honest truly does create the most authentic content. Let those emotions fly. So I want to get into that because I, when you work with the client, they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, I have $20 and they come into your orbit and work with you. How do you help them with getting it off, launching it off the ground? And especially when they're feeling so like, I don't know if this is going to work because we all know the nervousness that comes with that. So I do a little bit of um, quantifying and qualifying with those kinds of people first, because I work best with someone who has an original idea. So I can't really tell you what's going to make money online, but I can tell you that if you're passionate about pursuing something enough, the money will come. So it really cannot be something where you know you're not that invested you're just trying to get the income on board i'm really invested in helping people start you know legitimate businesses so that is what i would get out of the way first of all and then i would talk to them about ideation and more importantly imagination and why that's so important i think the reason why people get stuck is because they cannot imagine a world where their idea works and Mm. so again you need to work on your mindset you need to start thinking about i i always say not if but when so how big do you want this thing to be it's not 
if it'll be that big, it's when will it be that big? So start planning on when it'll be that big. And that starts from the ideation stage. So you need to dream as big as possible before you pay for anything, before you start researching even, because that may, that may slow you down as well. When you start getting into the weeds of understanding how business systems work, that's obviously going to be a little intimidating at first. So getting that ideation and imagination out of the way and really allowing that, that creativity to fly in that time is going to be super important so that you can always kind of draw back on that inspiration when you are creating your brand, you are creating a story that you want people to invest in. You are talking to people and asking them to be your partners. You are creating content to be able to get that awareness out there for people that are wanting to buy your product. So understanding that there is a market for what you want to do and you will find the research, you will find the numbers that align with that. But you need to really, really, really have a big imagination and, and don't be afraid of how ridiculous it looks when you are doing that ideation. Well, now that we have fourth quarter, because I love that we were talking about ideation. It's really, if you haven't thought about what you want to sell, I mean, Black Friday's coming. There's Diwali. If you wanted to get really technical with the specific holidays, there's Small Business Saturday, which is another really huge event too. There's Cyber Monday. So you talked about thinking outside the box, talking about ideation. What are some things that you're helping with your current clients and even yourself to think outside of the box of ideas, what should we be thinking about? I think one of the things that I am encouraging everyone to do is to be curious and have conversations and have conversations for the sake of conversation. I think so many people are so short-sighted in their interactions with others. It's it, it's like if you're not making a sale with me, if we don't have a solid plan to make money together, then you're not worth talking to. But I think people that are willing to be honest you, with you, whether they're buying with you or not, are really the people that are the most valuable to you. So understanding, hey, someone who's willing to talk with me open up and have an honest conversation with me. Let's talk shop with this person. Let's ask them, hey, these are my these are my objectives going into 2024. This is what I would like to see done by the rest of the year. This is how I'm planning to do it. Do you think that that's a good idea based off of what you know of me? You know, do you think that what, what do you think would help me to reach those goals? And you're not asking them to do anything for you other than letting you know their opinion, okay? And if you get enough of those conversations, you'll start to see some alignment. You'll start to see some similarities. And from there, you can make data-informed decisions on how you create your content, on how you set up your nurturing series, on how you even network during this time, because um, having face-to-face -face interaction is going to be super important, as well as um, when we're going into Q1, because 
that is times where, you know, it's a fresh new year, you may have the opportunity to launch a new product or a new campaign or even a new collaboration. So really having an understanding of those things now, having those really strategic conversations, it's going to be really important. And, you know, it doesn't cost much money or any money at all. And I would encourage this happens to me today. I asked the person a question about them. They pitched out me. Don't do that. Please, mm -hmm. let's have those conversations. Because I will say this, something that I've learned from doing launches, I actually did a post about it. When we dive into the conversation, getting to know people for who they are, now they, I mean, I never thought they were going to buy from me, but they were one of the first few people that bought from me. So what Champagne is sharing right here is gold. Like get out there, talk to people. And Robert's saying the research is important. It helps confirm or deny your idea. I like the imagination part too. I'm doing a lot of things people say couldn't be done in my space. Love that. And that's, you know, that's huge. He's an auditor. He's a keynote speaker. But that's something to think about because if you're thinking about, hey, John, I want to give a shout out to you. I love your, your live shows. But I want to say that we're trying to fit, we're trying to create a product or an offer or service to solve a problem. But if you don't know what the problem is, how you, how, how is this going to work? So I do know you have something in the works too, because 2024 is going to be here mm -hmm. for some of us. We don't know where to begin. So what's this something that you have? Yeah, so I have completely audited, rehauled my $0 startup method course. And this is the exact framework, the exact methodology that I use to start my business with $20. If you want to get into the nitty gritty strategies that I use, there, it is a three-step framework. I teach you how to create an investment-worthy brand um, through storytelling. I show you the right partners to align with in order to build out your business systems. And then I help you with that ideation to go ahead and create an MVP that gets you your first clients and customers. So what's, why is it important to have, okay, before we get, we get a little bit of time and I know somebody's gonna be asking, what's the MVP? Why do I need this MVP? Yeah, so that's a minimum viable product. And for me, I just think of it as your rough draft, your first draft, right? So that is what you put out there when you don't have the money to put out the final version, um, you know, the, the big shiny whistle version of things. And I feel like an MVP is really important. A lot of times people skip that phase, but I think it's so important because it does provide us an opportunity for research. And I think more than anything, it provides an opportunity for confidence too, because it is the first time that we're going to be selling as entrepreneurs. And so, you know, being in that position where you are confident pitching making those sales, converting, things like that is going to be important. And then from there, once when you do sell the final thing, you have an understanding of what works. And so you'll be able to create the best possible content around that in order to get awareness and, you know, have the most effective funnels. Well, this sounds amazing for some of you who are on the fence 
maybe want to retune some of the things that you're doing, I would highly recommend checking it out. If you have questions, just tell Champagne you saw her on this live. Ask the questions because I understand the coins are, you know, it's hard to give them. But you know what? Ask the question. Actually, it's helping her because now she's going to put out that content mm -hmm. so that other people who have that same question can be answered. You don't be afraid. We are the shiny syndrome. Oh, my God. I like this person. I like this person. Mm -hmm. But then we invest and then we feel duped. We get angry. I've been there before. And so now I'm a little bit careful to ask questions. And you know what ended up happening? The creator is actually very thankful. Mm -hmm. They're creating that content and they're putting it out there. So I want to make sure that everybody knows how do we connect with you? Yeah. So I am on LinkedIn, um, Champagne Graves. Um, and then also, if you just visit my website, champagnegraves.com, then you will be able to see everything that I do, see how we can connect with one another. Um, I absolutely love having coffee chats. That's one thing that I promised myself when I started out in this business that I would never be too busy or too big to meet with another person just to have a chat over coffee virtually or in person just to get to know one another because I believe in friends and business. Oh, I love that. So guys, if you just wanted to connect or just want to learn more about her products or just want to think about, like she said, maybe you have an idea and she's seen a little bit, she's experienced a bit and she's helped her clients be able to have dreams come true. So definitely reach out. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you found it very helpful, share it with a friend, share it in your social media. Until the next time.